now that most of us are working or studying from home, what does your daily routine look like? Do you get fully dressed, half-dressed, or do you stay in your PJs? Is your desk in the same room you sleep in or in another room? Do you fix your hair and put on makeup? I still do that often, even when I have no Zoom calls scheduled for the day. And the funny thing is, I've been bolder with my makeup choices, so I try new things, which means I buy new things. Even though I'm not outside as much or seeing people in person, doing my hair and makeup makes me feel good, and it's a way of caring for myself. On this episode of Latinx, I speak with Bettina Mercado from Bettina Cosmetics about her journey to becoming president of her family's company, her mark on the beauty industry, the future of cosmetics and skincare, and what the growing success of Bettina Cosmetics represents for Latinx. Since it's Women's History Month, I'm especially excited to speak to Bettina, who is a perfect example of what it means to celebrate and support women. Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latinx, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana and the Hispanic Communications Network for the new generation of Latinx. This season, we want to focus on empowering you to follow your passion and be smart about chasing your dreams while speaking to Latinx from all over. De diferentes colores y sabores. Thank you for all of your support. Our community keeps growing, so make sure to join Latinx on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Latinx. You can also find out more on our website at wearelatinx.com. Well, I am the youngest of four. My parents um, got married really young and my mother was 16 and my father 23 when they got married. So uh, they, they come from a very poor family in the western part of the island and as they got married, they realized they had nothing to lose because they had nothing. <laughs> so they, um, they had my, my oldest sister by the first year of marriage and they realized they really had nothing. So back then, a lot of people were leaving the island to go to New York specifically to try to look for a job, usually, you know, in factories and so on. So they decided to pack with my sister to go live in New York. And both of them found jobs that were beauty related. So my father um, started working for a factory that made essential oils for um, perfume manufacturing. And my mother started working at a business that was a cosmetics manufacturing business. So that's how they got into the beauty industry and they were literally you know, employees, my mother would work applying labels and, and filling and, and putting products inside boxes and things like that. My father uh, was either handyman or, or he would go to the store or go to the bank, you know, they barely spoke English. So for them, it was it was an amazing challenge, but they were such hard workers that they did really well. They both excelled and the owners of both businesses were very fond of my parents. You know, uh, surely uh, soon they started getting more, uh, more responsibilities into what they were doing. So my mother had um, my second sister within maybe two, three years after they got to New York. And then uh, they realized that that was not the place they wanted to raise their children. 
So they had been in New York uh, since 1956, maybe five, six years, when they realized they, they didn't want to raise their children there. So when they announced their, the owners of their businesses that they wanted to come back home, they were in shock. So my mother's boss decided to offer them the opportunity to come back to Puerto Rico and become distributors of name brands that were probably indie brands back then, but brands that he could find elsewhere and then bring to Puerto Rico and they would partnership, you know, develop a partnership that way. They um, started with a name brand that's, that was called Waltz Italiana that was obviously from Italy. And that first um, brand that they brought to Puerto Rico when they were going to ship, they said, what are the names for the shades of nail enamel? Because we need names to be able to, to uh, get into that market with names that are recognized by you know, your market instead of Italian names. So they decided to send the, the names of all the women in my mother's side of the family, my father's aunt, of uh, their um, partner's family as well. So that's how my mother's name, which, which is Julia, became Julieta, um, Jacqueline Jacqueline, and then um, my, uh, her uh, partner's mother's name was Betty. And that was the number one selling color for the brand. Everybody started talking about Bettina instead of M&J. For some reason, that name, because it was the shade that, that everybody wanted, became the, a name that when the salespeople would come to the, to, the, um, to the stores to get the orders, immediately they would say, finally, Bettina is here. So when I was born, guess what? I got the name as well. telling us, all you have is your education. We did not have a formula, formal education, so I need you guys to make sure that you get there. I need you to go through college and you need your careers. But they never mentioned the fact that eventually they would need somebody to succeed the business. So neither of us, from four children they had, neither of us did anything that had to do with business. So I went to school for acting. And my parents were so open that they said, fine, it's not a problem. We don't care so long as you're the best actress, you know, and that's what they, they told each of us, you know, whatever you want to go to school for, just make sure you're the best at it. And so the four of us got formal education. I went to NYU and I graduated in 1993 and I stayed in New York for 10 years working as an actress, but mainly Spanish acting. Uh, I, I was part of the um, Repertorio Español in New York, and also I did commercials and so on. And just when I was, you know, transitioning from having a day job and becoming a full-time actress, my mother gives me a call and she says, guess what? I need somebody to succeed me in the business. And it flipped me because I was like, uh, and what makes you think that I can do this? You know, I have no education that has to do with business. I would not know how to buy or purchase items. And all I know is how to apply it because I'm an actress. 
And so she said, no, please give it a chance. You know, I promise it's going to be fun for you. I think you're the perfect person for this. And immediately I said, I need to think about it. And it took me about 30 days that it was just painful just to think about the fact that I was going to have to leave New York and come back to Puerto Rico. And I was just not ready for that. I, I thought about every, every aspect of, of it, even to the point where I said, I don't even want to marry a Puerto Rican. <laughs> so that's when um, I, I thought about it and I said, um, okay, here's the thing. Please tell me what would you do if I was to say no? And my mother said, if you say no, then I have to sell it. And I think that was exactly what I needed to hear to make up my mind. It just became something that was personal. Just thinking about the fact that the four of us, you know, were somebody to an extent because of that business. And just to think about the fact that they had given back, back, back by then, I think they had been in the business for 38 years. And for just the four of us to say, no, we don't want it, just didn't seem to be fair. And I, I said, let's do something. I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna try it. But if I realize that I can't do it, you have to let me go. In case you didn't know, skincare, hair care, makeup, perfumes, toiletries, and deodorants are all product categories of the cosmetics market. In 2019, the US was considered the most valuable beauty and personal care market in the world generating approximately $49.2 billion. According to Globe Newswire and Statista, the industry should be worth $438.38 billion worldwide by 2026. A few other facts. Women in the US spend around $3,756 on their appearance each year. This means about $225,360 in your lifetime versus men who spend less than 175,680 during their lifetime. Do these numbers make you want to spend your money differently? My brother had worked with them for a little while doing, doing accounting, but he was dying to leave the business as well. So he taught me the accounting part. And after that, everything else I got from my mother's brain into mine because nothing was written. They had nothing, um, no uh, manuals, no uh, operating procedures, nothing. So everything was in her brain. If she was to be gone, the business would have gone dead. But eventually, when all of that, when I learned everything about the business, the, the, the um, administration part of it, I realized that I had something that has so much potential. And to that point, we were still importers of other people's brands. So that's when I realized, I said, uh, mom, what about if we were to make Bettina a full makeup brand with everything a Latina needs to beautify herself? And she says, sounds ambitious, but this is your business now. So it's something that you can do and I'm here to support you. And that's when uh, I literally got into my jeans and t-shirt and I cap like if anybody knew who I was but then. And I went to um, Sears and JCPenney's and everywhere where you could find makeup here in Puerto Rico back then. And I would go to the, um, to the service uh, uh, for every brand and I would say, 
can you get me a liquid foundation and compact powder that matches my skin tone? Yes, of course. And they would start trying and trying and trying and trying. And I realized no one had a shade that was like my skin tone. And you can see that I'm, you know, yellowish. I have yellow undertones. And I thought to myself, you know what, just like me, uh, half of women in Puerto Rico are the same skin tone. You know, I'm just as traditional as any. And I realized that that was something that I could start with. Something, a brand that could provide skin tones for women that could not find any in the market that was, you know, uh, available back then. So I would get women to come over and then we would test colors and so on. And that's how my very first two products that were developed by me were um, those uh, liquid foundation and compact powder. And everybody started opening their eyes and saying, wait a minute, the Bettina nail enamel that I used to know now, now has other products and they're for me. So that was a very good uh, moment in time and that, uh, around uh, 2009, 2010, when people started talking about the brand and specifically talking about the fact that it was for Latinas. And that's when all the other global brands started you know, opening their eyes and saying, wait a minute, who's this person that's doing things for this market that we're not doing? so many talents but for some reason we always say to ourselves and even ever since we're very young we're always thinking this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life and this is my passion and this is the only thing I see myself in and you know what that's not true we have so many other talents and we just have to explore them. And there's always a way out. You know, sometimes people say, oh, um, sometimes when there's like business interruptions, literally, and they realize, you know, I can't do this anymore because nobody wants it anymore. You know what? There's always another line of business you can do. There's always other products you can do. There's always services you can provide. You know, there's always something else. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's weird when you just think that this is the only thing you can do. Even when I came to Puerto Rico, I would come to work. I would go to castings for commercials. I did about 10 commercials in, in the three or four years when I finally decided that if I wanted the business to become something else, I needed to stop acting because otherwise I would always be coming and going to the office. So um, I, I did do it for, for a while, you know, for a few years, both of them at the same time. I even worked in American films that would come to record in Puerto Rico. But eventually I just, you know, knew when I had, when I got married and I had my son and, and I married Puerto Rican <laughs> and I had my son <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm happily married. And uh, so when I had my son and my mother said, okay, now I want to be a grandmother. I'm not helping you anymore. This is finally your business. You know everything you need to know. So I'm just going to be a grandmother. And uh, that's when I realized, you know, this is make it or break it. 
And so um, I, I gave it my, my all, you know, 100% of me. Even when I had to be a wife and I had to be a mother and I did everything at the same time, you know, I would bring my child to work if I needed to because I could. And I, I did everything, you know, I just loved it so much. And I, I saw the potential at, and even till today, the same passion and love I had back then I have today. And every single year, there's always something new, something more you can do. And I, I, I still love what I do. Twenty twenty will forever be remembered as a year that changed life as we know it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, how we got ready every day changed too. COVID had, of course, a big impact on the beauty industry, but how much exactly? Well, let's take a look. According to McKinsey and Company, 30% of the beauty industry market was closed due to the pandemic. This was due to stores being shut down due to lockdown. 66% of women admitted to wearing less makeup than before the pandemic, according to Premise. There was a decline of 36% in sales of beauty products compared to 2019, and online sales increased by 90%. There was also a drop in Amazon sales of lipsticks, while eye makeup sales grew by 204%. This is due to us wearing masks now. Lipstick prices dropped by 28%, according to Business Insider. So the beauty industry changed, shifted, but it didn't exactly go away. So the message is clear. The cosmetic industry is not all about beauty on the outside, but also about how it makes us feel on the inside. The pandemic presented so many new challenges to companies like yours all around the world. Many people had to be laid off, furloughed, lost their jobs completely. Company owners had to sometimes close and new ideas fell through that were starting, barely starting. Or they had to shift and they had to change the way that they thought they wanted the company to go. What did the pandemic represent in terms of shifting, having to change course or just reevaluate where you guys were going for, for Bettina Cosmetics? We had the school from Hurricane Maria. Uh, you know, after that, I just knew that, you know, I started to understand that we just need to read the news and find out what's happening and try to find, you know, a way out for your business in particular. So when, when we got the news that there was a pandemic coming and, and we couldn't work anymore and so on, I just told my employees, wait, let me read, let me find out and we'll find a way out of this. So I was to an extent calm, even though I just knew that, you know, it, it, it was like um, golpe de estado, sort of, you know, when they just tell you, that's it, you're not working anymore. But, and that was much different from the hurricane. But even then I started reading the news and, you know, um, trying to understand what needed to happen and, and trying to come up with a date when we could come back, which obviously was uncertain. And while I was thinking about all of this, I thought to myself, you know what? This is global. When, when we had the hurricane, all I needed to do was let me look for export because if we can sell, then somebody else can. So all I need to do is try to export. And so this time I thought to myself, where? <laughs> if everybody's going through the same. 
But eventually I realized that there's always, you know, somewhere you can go to. And uh, soon enough, I think I was still home because we opened in April 26. But I was still home when I got a phone call from Walgreens, Puerto Rico. And they said, uh, the buyer from US wants to speak to you. Are you available? And I said, never, you know, never been more available than right now. And so when I spoke to her, she said, guess what? Um, nail enamel sales are skyrocketing because a lot of women that used to get their nails done in the salon, you know, with um, gel enamel and so on, have to stay home and they need na regular nail enamel to be able to, to get their nails back in shape. And um, so that's when I, um, I said to her, I have never been readier to be able to deliver. And she says, perfect, I just need more brands. And you know, my idea is to give you like about a hundred stores in the Florida area. And I said, mm, that's too small. Do you think you can stretch out to 250? And she said, okay, fine, not a problem. But then um, at the end of the whole analysis, we got 602 stores all over Florida. So that was the best news I could ever give my employees. Um, obviously some of them had to go through unemployment, administration, work from home, and eventually we got the PPP. So we were never unprovided. I was able to sustain the jobs and, and specifically because I don't wanna let go people that know so well what they're doing. You know, I don't want them to go elsewhere. So I took care of them. And so what should we be excited about when it comes to the beauty industry and all of these changes you saw occur because of the pandemic? What should we be expecting now? Well, uh, at the moment, I think that most companies are moving into nails, skincare, and eye makeup because we're all wearing masks. So lipsticks are not selling. Nobody wants to feel that sensation of wearing a lipstick and having to wear a mask, a mask above it. But um, so we're shifting into eyes and skincare and, and, and I did a big shift because we were not part of that category and we're gonna be this year. So it took me about a year because I wanted, you know, the, the right formulas of skincare and so on. So that's, you know, exciting to me that we're getting into that category towards the end of this year. But um, also I think that skincare has become so strong specifically because it, it just gives you that feeling, like, like you say, it's health. So we're developing, you know, skincare that it's, it's healthy, good for you, paraben free, non-toxic, you know, everything that just makes you feel that you're getting there, but you're doing it with the least harm possible. So what are some of the biggest trends we're seeing in the beauty industry? Anti-pollution, eye makeup replacing lipstick, and since we now wear masks, some of us have what's called maskne, which means that our masks cause irritations, acne, etc. So now skincare brands need to keep that in mind as well. One particular trend I'm a fan of is that a majority of consumers want to see images that are not photoshopped. I think this is incredibly important. 
showing real people of all types, diversity and race, gender, skin type, body type, you name it, but keeping it 100% authentic. That's what I want to see. So when, when we finally managed to exp expand our exports in Florida, and we had the news, I even thought, you know, to myself, what if we now tell people that we're expanding our exports and all we get is people saying, oh my God, how did she do it? I hate her. <laughs> you know, because, it's, you know, you have good news within all the bad news. And surprisingly, everybody was just so excited for me, just the same way we were excited for other industries here in Puerto Rico that got to export as well during this year. And it just became, you know, the good news that everybody can share. And uh, so I took the time also to stretch my hand out to help other um, skincare producers here in Puerto Rico. So I'm distributing brands that are made in Puerto Rico in terms of skincare and soaps and and body care and it was nice you know because it just the crisis made us get together and said you know what I have a hundred thousand people in my Facebook and and 50 something in Instagram why don't you come and and um work with me and we'll just tell everyone that these are local brands and it's something that is so important and I, I cannot stress the fact enough here every time they ask me to come and, and talk to students from university or even um, new entre entrepreneurs and so on I always tell them you know what we need to learn to help our own community if it's Puerto Rico if, uh, you know brands from Puerto Rico we need to teach everyone that if you invest in a local brand, you're investing in money that stays within your community. And the same thing in the, in the States, you know, how many Latinos and Latinas are there in the US that, you know, research says that maybe by 2050, we're gonna be more than Americans. So what power would we have if we were to invest our, our consuming money into items that are made by Latinos? So we need to start change, shifting that, that mentality of, I want to be an employee at such and such uh, company and maybe think about the fact that you have the talent to do it yourself. You know, here in Puerto Rico, the best, um, plant managers and operation managers of all the big players, global players that are manufacturing in Puerto Rico are Puerto Rican, but meanwhile, they don't do something to do their own, to have their own business and develop it when they're the ones administering something that is not theirs. So, and I know that, that being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. You know, you need to have the, the talent for that and also the strength, enough strength and, and enough, um, I don't care to be able to just throw yourself out there and, and try and try and try until you finally get the, 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 the thing that launches you, you know, into space. When I started doing advertising, I got the, this very small agency, which is all I could afford by then. It was just two employees with, you know, very good ideas. And uh, I hired them and I said, okay, first of all, I want everyone in Puerto Rico to know that this is a Puerto Rican brand. Are you crazy? 
you know, we can do that. What do you mean we can do that? We can do that because beauty is, you know, Paris or New York. Beauty is not Puerto Rico. And I had a hard time trying to convince them that if we were to tell our people that you are investing into a company that is from, from Puerto Rico, you're investing on money that stays here. Um, it took us, you know, some sort of struggle to, to, to be able to come up to the ground where, where I could tell them, you know, if, oh, because they said um, beauty is always black background and that famous actress or singer and that's you know that's money you can't afford because you're still too small and i said okay perfect so if if our work is all about black and silver and white which were the colors back then and and i get to a store and i see all the name brands in black backgrounds and white and silver i want magenta what? Beauty is not magenta. It just makes you feel, you know, that you're doing something that you're, you're, you're going against the current. And I said, exactly. That's the only thing I can do at this point. If I don't have the money to invest in advertising th that my competitors have, then I have to go for differentiation. I want people to get to the store and see black, 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 magenta. What is this? Finally, they understood what I meant, you know, with, with where I was coming from. And we be, uh, started with white and magenta for Bettina ever since uh, 2010. And today we have to change colors again because everybody is doing white. <laughs> white and magenta and black, you know, you, you just have to surf the web and see how all websites have the magenta, the white and the black. So now we have to change all over again if we want to rock the boat again. What would be your number one advice for young entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting their own company? I would say that, that now it's the time. During a crisis, it's the best time for you to organize your thoughts. If you're home, it's the best time to do your platform into what you're going to do once the, the crisis is over or as a next step into what you want to do with your life. Some people get blocked by the fact that they lost their job or that they're afraid of, of getting sick. And I think that's a really tough um, spot to be at if you want to do something new. So now is the time to get help. There's a lot of people wanting to reach out and give you money to do things. So, so that doesn't happen all the time. It's a good time to reach out, get that, that money, get that financial help and start your business now. Eventually, when all of this is over, you're going to be ready. Otherwise, by the time everything is over, you have nothing and you have to start from zero and everybody will run over you. So I always say, you know, it's, it's a really good time to start something when you're in the middle of a crisis. It's just the best time. TikTok is an example of it, really, because and I keep bringing it up because it, right. it it meant new a new way of thinking, new standards, new things to do. People, when you get on that platform, you see how much creativity is out there, how many people care about what's going on, and so I think that it's a perfect example of this is what can happen during a crisis. This is what you have the we all have the collective abilities to do if we don't freeze if we. Or once we freeze, 
we unfreeze quickly and we keep moving. And that's kind of what life is about. We have to keep moving and move with the tide, just like Bettina did. You started seeing all of these opportunities that you guys weren't tackling and, and you did. And, and that's how the, the company keeps growing, you know? So I think it's really important that no, regardless of what's going on, you consider and you shift, you consider, you look and, and you see where your company, where your ideas can fit in this new environment. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode with Bettina. You can learn more about Bettina Cosmetics on their website at bettinacosmetics.com or on their social media as Bettina Cosmetics or Bettina Cosmetics USA as well. You can find all of this information in the description of this episode. Remember to support us by rating this podcast on Apple. As you know, this will help us continue to work on the show and bring on guests who inspire and motivate you. This is Latinx. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. Thank you for listening.